How's it going, everybody? My name is Flemlo Raps, and today we get into it. Hi, <laughs> cue to Wayne. <laughs> Whoa, what's good, fellas, man? Welcome to Sports Therapy. This is episode five with your host, KTO, and myself, Flemlo. Today we're going to be talking about your favorite talking heads and the problem with mainstream sports media, specifically debate shows, but sports media in general you know what i'm saying we're gonna get into some other things we're obviously gonna talk about some of the stuff from some of the games from this weekend the browns huge win over the cowboys i gotta get my dog feelings on that also Bengals, we got our first win so i'll talk about my feelings on that and any other games that we might have seen throughout the week but as uh it's gonna be the norm going forward let's open this thing up how you doing big dog what is i'm life? good man you know? It's it's been hectic. I've been very productive. I've been getting things done. Like and uh, you know, yesterday after the Browns game, I just had to get my mind off it. We started cleaning out the garage because we're making a home gym. We're getting a, we're getting a platform. We're getting like the whole everything. And when I found out how much it was to get like plates and all the whole setup, dude, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that stuff is expensive, dude. man. I know because it's so funny you said that. I have been on that home gym shopping spree for like the it's last the move, man. two weeks. You know what That's I'm saying? That's so funny. So I've been all into like the platform again, like the horse style mats and everything and, and setting it up. I haven't like started buying yet because I'm setting up to after we move. But it's just so funny you said that because yeah. Yeah, I'm on the same train of thought. I think it's the it's the true move for anyone who wants to like maximize whatever they want to do. If you have the money, make your own home gym because you can get all the equipment that you need. I mean, there's certain things that people want, but it's like you get the platform, you can do all the Olympic lifts, you get a bike that you can warm up on, or you can go on a little jog or something, and then you just get little things here and there that you want to add, and it's like you can go in there whenever and do anything. That's the key. So, yeah, and there's so much like potential. You can get whatever you want. Like I was telling you about my buddy who got that sauna. That sauna, yeah. The yeah. indoor infrared sauna. Yeah. Dude, just seeing that, it's so sick. Yeah. But uh but yeah. So getting that set up and then actually I'm gonna say this so I'll get it done by next week, but I'm gonna take a photo of my like uh my office and then I'm gonna put it on the on the podcast so everyone everyone can see how unorganized <laughs> and bad it is because yeah. I'm putting together this like crazy new office setup. So yeah, it's been, it's been busy over here. That's what's so, up, bro. That's how about you, up. man? Other than the home gym hype. Other than the home gym, which is amazingly exactly the same, the exact opposite. You remember what I told you the other week I was going to take a few days off? Yeah. I did it. Oh my God. I was so bored, bro. Like I ain't never been... I You're realized not made for that. <laughs> I'm not, bro. I'm just not built for it. I realized within like the first day, I was like, man, I want to do something productive so bad. Like I had to fight myself to not do nothing. And uh, it honestly, I think I probably did need the mental reboot, but I felt like miserable. Like I feel yeah. way better when I'm constantly busy, but like when I have nothing to do, like I, after I go lift weights and play basketball, well, son's at school, wife's doing whatever she's doing, so yeah. they ain't been here till the evening anyway, so I might as well be working during all of that time up to that point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you only can video game yourself out so long before you're <laughs> like, 
I need something else. It's like yeah. the classic line is, uh, you can go to Hawaii and sit on the beach and sip on like martinis or yep. whatever, yep. but yep. you're going to get so bored of that. If that was all you were doing that it would be, it would, it would suck. Real talk. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> it definitely, it, it's nice to see like how you can keep that edge that keeps you successful, you know? Yeah. Cause that's how the train keeps going. You know, I've had struggles in the past where I get like comfortable with like, okay, I don't have to work too hard. I'll chill for a while. And then you get so comfortable in doing that. Even if you're bored, you're just like, ah, just I'll just play some more or whatever. Yeah. And that's tough to get out of. But I think right now, I think especially that football's back too. It's just, I think my motivation's at an all-time high to like good, continue bro. to improve. Hell yeah. And I'm grateful for it, you know? Hell yeah. I think with the whole pandemic and everything, it's made me open my eyes to things I really want to do and uh, goals I want to go achieve. And so I'm like really trying to maximize all the things I want to accomplish and anything I've thought about that I've kind of like put off, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'll get to it one day. Yeah. I'm just putting right in front of my sight and just going after. That's so. beautiful, bro. Like I'm, <clears throat> cause I've known you for a while now. So to hear you say that, like I could see, like that that light bulb kind of turning on and bro really the sky the limit because you know the way you've been approaching it up to this point has obviously has obviously worked for you but yeah. you haven't maximized it you know what no, i'm saying not like even close. you could definitely get more out of it so to hear you say that that's fire bro yeah you're gonna do some some crazy some big things you know what I'm saying? and take kind of take your stuff to the to another level it's speaking exciting of, man speaking of We'll roll, we'll roll into the main topic of today. The issue with mainstream sports media. You know what I'm saying? If there yeah. is an issue, maybe there is no issue. But because we haven't talked about this previously, so I don't really know exactly how you feel about it. But yeah, I'm curious, bro. What do you feel? You about? know, I have, to, I have to be honest. It's I think if it wasn't for sports talk radio, I wouldn't have been as interested in talking about sports as I am. So I grew up with my, with my dad always having sports talk on 1350 KTIK, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, local talk, you know, the big heads, Jim Rome, um, Mike and Mike, Colin Coward, when he had his morning show on ESPN, that was what I grew up on. Like I would be driving a school with that on more often than, than music. Mm. And so it just kind of created that, like that narratives mindset, like the storylines, like really focusing on those type of things. Yeah. And it keeps that, it keeps like an edge to the sports where it's like, when you're not paying attention that much, it, it does like keep you somewhat involved. Like you're like, Oh, I know a little bit about this team. I know a little bit about that sport. I know, I know a little bit of pieces here and there. So you can talk about it. It's good enough. Yeah. But as time's gone on and the more that I've kind of, focused on just watching the games myself and developing my own opinions. I can't really watch mainstream shows or listening to those guys anymore because they are trying to do something that's literally impossible, which is pay attention to 32 teams in the NFL, yeah. 30 teams in the NBA, and whatever other sport they decide to cover. Right. And it's pretty much like people understand how it works now. It's they have all these people who do research for them and then they just kind of parrot back information that they were told. Right. And it happens all the time where they are called out on stuff they don't know, but their skill sets are talking their way out of it in some sort of like 
weird generalities that you can't dispute. Yeah. And so debate shows are for pure entertainment, in my opinion. Yeah. If you like, let's say, Undisputed, I'm not going to say that you don't know anything about sports because they obviously know something, but you're in it just to hear those guys go after each other. Right. Like you're, you're not in it to hear like intellectual sports knowledge. It's just guys going after each other. But I think it causes a problem because then I think people truly do think that there's that like these storylines, like the Browns are about if Baker Mayfield can step up or not. And that's all the Browns are. Yeah. Or the Cowboys are all on Dak Prescott or whatever the case may be. It's like, you get so caught up in like one player in a team sport. It's so silly. Even basketball, like basketball is more uh, superstars, but it's still like they focus so much on the superstars or the storylines yeah. over anything else. And I just have got exhausted of it over the years. And, you know, that's my initial takes on it. I have more that I want to talk about, but I want to hear your initial thoughts on it too. Almost, almost exactly the same. Because um, cause I want to start by saying something good about those guys. And that is that they are incredible. Like, not all of them, but the ones with the staying power who've been around forever, that's not a coincidence. They're really good at their jobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the issue is what they do is basically, it's like I, I, um, I compare it to pro wrestling. It's entertaining. It's not easy. Like anybody can can. There's a skill set involved with being a professional wrestler. You got to be a certain quality of athlete. Like any dude can't jump off the turnbuckle and elbow a dude without hurting him or you. Like anybody can't yes. just do that. Then you got to be decent on the mic. You know, you got to be able to cut a promo. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be able to tell a story. And that's a difficult thing to do. But the thing is, we all know at this point that pro wrestling is a show. We know it's a script. We know that these guys are acting. The problem with like the sports debate shows is there's like they they blur the lines, right? It's like I know this show is like is fake. Like right? Like it can't be I, I refuse to believe that Skip Bayless watches LeBron play every day. And thinks every day, no matter what the dude does, no matter if he actually has a bad game or if he has a great game, he thinks the dude is trash. Like he, he's got to yeah. come every day with the same take over and over and over. And then he's the heel. And then he goes and finds, or the bad guy for people who don't know wrestling terms. And then he goes and finds the baby face or the good guy who is going to be Shannon Sharp yeah. when they're talking about LeBron topics at least. And it's so damn annoying because you never learn anything. If you turn it on, all you're going to see is, you know, pretty much a clown show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Skip is going to take the same side every single time. He'll never change his mind. There is nothing that can happen to make him change his position. There's nothing that can happen to make Shannon change his position. My phone is going off constantly. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> to make Shannon change his position. So... It's just kind of become this this thing, like you say, for, for pure entertainment, but the public thinks it's real, and it seeps, like, the, the narratives and the stuff they push every single day, it seeps into, like, the, the subconscious of actual fans, and, like, if you go on Twitter, that's what you're going to see, like, if you just go and look up random takes on random topics, 
it's usually going to mirror something stupid that came off of one of these shows. That could easily be disproven, <laughs> but yeah. they just ignore all of the facts that might disprove it, and they'll just lay out the same three or four little talking points, yeah. and a whole bunch of people going to go with it. And I, I think it's just made sports fans dumber overall. It's like people are not actually watching the game and seeing like what is actually happening. They don't talk about schemes. They don't talk about how I schemed this guy to take him yeah. out of the game. They'll say something stupid like, oh, he he just didn't want it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's like, bro, that does that happen? Sure. Like there's guys that don't show up, but you can't possibly watch sports and think every single time a team loses is because the, they just didn't want the game or they yes. just you know what I'm saying? Like it's so dumb and it discredited the other team completely. You know what I'm saying? Whoever the team is that don't have like whoever the star is that y'all want to talk about, you, you'll probably see it if you watch them talk about y'all's game. And I know we're going to get into that later, so I don't want to delve too deep into it. But it's probably going to just be cowboy bashing. That's because yeah. the, yep. the cowboys are so popular and they, they love to do it. So instead of giving the Browns credit for just coming out and busting their ass, it's just going to be them killing the cowboys yeah. with every single little narrative that they could find. And – I feel like it takes so much away from the teams that are able to to beat whoever like these big, the big stars that they like to talk about LeBron, the Cowboys. Uh, that's pretty much that's like ninety nine percent of the show is like LeBron yeah. and the Cowboys, right? So it it, it may it forces fans who watch that stuff and who like really take that to heart to um, they see sports now in those ways because they not be they not watching Brett Coleman break down film and understand it like this is what's happening this is why this team is being successful you yeah. don't get that all you get is a show that's like 99% emotion very little facts some cherry pick stats and a narrative that's never going to change with whoever this analyst is he picked yeah. his side that's his side he gonna ride with that no matter what and the, the audience don't even like them to like be logical like because you'll see like if a person say yo um like how Harris said man i think burrow is a you know, he's a b prospect watched the first game came back he said you know what i was wrong burrow he better than i thought he an a prospect no keep the same energy I'm like, bro, y'all bastardizing that term. Keep the same energy, don't even go there. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like basically you want a person to say something and then ignore the literal evidence in front of them and just yeah. stick with whatever they said no matter what. And that in itself, like we're requesting stupidity. It's like we want stupidity. It's, yeah. it's weird, bro. Yeah, I think, I think Skip Bayless is the ultimate Twitter troll come to life. Yeah. He's just a talking nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. He knows it doesn't make sense, but he's going to say it because that's the expectation. Right. He has built a career, a very successful career out of trolling. Yeah. You know, the the bandwagons that he's jumped on that that have worked. It's obvious he's biggest for the LeBron trolling. Yeah. Like back in the day it was like the Tebow hype and yeah. he would and it's like, okay, what you said about stats. It made me think about the two aspects of, of football that I really dislike because I think they, they help the game's popularity, but they ruin the game's under like the fans understanding of the game. That's fantasy football and these sports debate shows because you get so caught up in these certain stats 
that that's how good a certain player is. A player's greatness is based on how good he was statistically or whatever stat you want to pull up and say how good he is. I'm a victim of it. I've used it on multiple videos. I'll admit it's the easy way out to explain a player how good they are. Oh, how good was he in that year? Oh, well, he had this many yards and this many touchdowns. It's like that doesn't determine how good a player is or how good a team's system is. Like you said, breaking down schemes and all that stuff is a huge part of the game that I would say most football fans don't understand. And they just watch a running play and the guy get tackled and go, wow, that guy sucks. Can we call yeah. better plays? And it's like, yeah. I think there's a huge disconnect between the fans who are in the stands watching the game compared to what's actually happening on the field. And that's what kind of bothers me about going to games. I love the energy of stadiums. I love the atmosphere. But when I'm sitting around a bunch of dummies who are saying, holding, that's bullshit. There's no, like, acting like it doesn't happen just because yeah. they don't understand. Yeah. And that stuff, that stuff really bothers me. I've played fantasy football. I listen to sports talk my whole life. But I think those two things kind of give casual fans, they, they sit back further into their casual chairs of, I just listen to these guys talk and and watch my fantasy updates and oh Odell only had 20 yards this week why is he so bad it's like yeah. there's more to it yeah. so yeah i agree with you bro i agree with you and um i've actually i've changed my i, I literally made this decision i think yesterday that like i'm done like i'm done with fantasy bro i'm done with it and the reason i'm done with it is because i'm watching football I get to talking to my boys about football, and all everybody is talking about is their fantasy team. And we said we wasn't going to do this, right? And when, we, when these conversations go, it always go to that every single time. And it's, it's annoying as hell to me. I'm like, bro, like, are we watching the damn game? <laughs> like, can we talk about what's happening in the game? Yeah. I don't care. Like, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about – I don't even look at my fantasy team, bro. Like, I mean, I'll look at that shit, like, Monday, like, after the game, did I win? You know, but I, I made a point this year to not be looking at my my fantasy team every single few seconds. Like, nah, I'm going to watch football, bro, because there's so much happening, like you said, that ain't – it's just not reflected in fantasy. And I feel like fantasy brings there's, – there's pros and cons to everything, right? Yeah. But I just don't feel like I personally, and this don't this ain't for everybody. This ain't like, hey, you shouldn't play fantasy. For me personally, I cannot balance it well enough to where I can appreciate football for football and not, you know, and have my fantasy team down here. Yeah. Like it I can't seem to find that balance. So yeah, I think this is gonna be my last year. And then I'm just gonna step out of it because it's it, it's kind of ruining the game for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Personally. And I just, I can't deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Where you are mentally right now with fantasy is where I'm at with Twitter. Mm. I thought Twitter was the perfect opportunity to be like, oh, I can talk during the games and hear fans' reactions to my things. Yeah. And so last season, and I think even the season before that, in the first few games of this year, I was, I was, oh, what was that? Like just tweeting during the games. Yeah. But I realized I, week three, I decided... I'm not going to tweet during the game. I'm not even going to look at Twitter. I actually deleted the app off my phone and I just watched the game. Mm. And it was the most fun I'd had watching a game in in like two years. Really? It, it was the most fun I had watching a game since Baker Mayfield's first game 
which at the time I wasn't tweeting as well. I was just watching. Yeah. It's because I would so heavily invest into the game. I'd be it just me and the and the TV, me and the game. I'm in that game. But when I'm on Twitter, it's kind of like I'm like on Twitter, but like oh the games in the background. Oh, that was crazy. Oh man, that was wow, Odell, what a catch. I'm gonna hurry and go tweet and see how many uh, people are freaking out too. And I think that is so so much less entertaining to me. Like it's you're you're looking at numbers on your phone and words on your phone instead of engaging with the game as much. And I get that there's probably people who are better at it than I am, but I think it just takes me too much away from the game that I truly love into something that I don't love as much. So I did it again for the Cowboys game, but I was so ecstatic by the fourth quarter that I tweet, I downloaded the app just to tweet out like I couldn't believe what was going on. But overall, moving forward, I'm going to I'm gonna stay off of it and just enjoy the game because I, I found that it's much more enjoyable and entertaining to just lock in to my team and my game. That's interesting. Like, cause my, my experience, I barely, I don't tweet a ton. And usually when I tweet, it's like anything. It's like, if I have like a thought or it's almost like when I am in a great space and I got like energy left over, if that, that's how I see it. And I'm like, yo, I could give some of this good energy to my followers. Like I'm gonna throw this out. Cause this is how I'm feeling right now. I feel good. I feel motivated. But during the game, that's the time where I, I let my hair down for the most part on Twitter and I just tweet whatever like I don't care for those for that three hours I'm just a fan but yeah. yesterday I tweeted something and it bought like the, the reaction one of the responses I got pissed me off so bad bro I said um, <clears throat> so first I said um, I said all right the Bengals had just um, we had thrown a pick like on the one yard line and a ball that was in our tight ends hands and it just got taken away from them so from a touchdown to an interception, and it's one of those just morale-killing moments. You know what I'm saying? You drove all the way down the field. Um, so I was like, all right, we can shake back. I was like, look, if we, get, if we can get a stop, get the, we get the ball back, we can score right before the half, we get it at halftime, we can get back in this game. Because at that point, it was looking like it could get ugly going in the Jaguars' favor. You know what I'm saying? Cass was telling me, oh, y'all cooked X, Y, Z, whatever. Next half, we, we get the ball back, we score, we get it uh, to start the next half, we score again. Boom, we back in it, just like I said. I say, uh, man, something like proud of my team's resilience, we, we fall back, something like that. You know, something like, some dudes say, it's the Jaguars. Hey, yo, that shit made me so mad because I was just like, yo, my team is obviously not very good. I'm not on here saying, yo, I'm not down to no other team. I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl. I just said we were resilient. We fought back. Like, what is it about cats on Twitter that they want to pull you down bro? so bad? I'm like, dog, I didn't throw, like, I didn't hurt nothing. What I said ain't had nothing to do with nobody else. This is just a Bengals fan reacted to the game. Yeah. I didn't throw no shade. I didn't throw no shots. I ain't, I ain't say nothing crazy, nothing out of pocket, nothing out of line. But yeah. this random dude, who not even a Jaguars fan, saw he just saw fit to say, nah, he having too much fun. I want to try to take this from him. This, his, his man team won two games last year. Yeah, Like, they're in the lead in a game from trying to get their first win of the season. I don't want him to have that satisfaction. And I was like, yo, you know what, bro? I just don't know what it is about people. And Twitter seems like to be where they, those type of people like to hang out a lot. Yeah. 
And so it's just it's a weird thing, bro. Like I don't I don't understand it. I called the dude out on it. I wanted to say something way worse than what I said. I really yeah. wanted to like get I wanted to go crazy on him, but you know what I'm saying? It's Twitter and I'm I'm cognizant of what I put out there. Yeah. So <laughs> I took I think, it like I just think you're too you're too positive for Twitter. I, I think <clears throat> I think your intentions of like how you want people to be is not what Twitter is. Twitter is a place where people are so negative and they want to bring people down to their level because they're so miserable mm. that, you know, that guy is simply just trying to pull you down, like you said. And that's the stuff that would bother me. Like there was, I would defend Blake Bortles. I never said that Blake Bortles was a star caliber quarterback, but I would just defend him back in the day. Like, hey, he could get to the Super Bowl. He could help them get to the Super Bowl. And I'd have this Twitter troll who'd come after me over and over every time he'd throw an incompletion. <laughs> and the thing, the problem with it was that I would let it bother me. Mm. It was like, I knew that it was some guy who just made this account just to bother me yeah. and it's working. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, that's when I first started going like, okay, why am I do, why am I even associating myself with this? And so slowly over time, I've gotten to this point where it's like, I just don't think it's for me. I want to be positive, but I allow negative energy to suck me down. It's like trash talking. I always thought I was a good trash talker. No, I'm a terrible trash talker because it brings me down to the level of the competitor and then I get out of my game. Yeah. So I have learned in video games or playing and you know going to the gym, just play my game and be a good teammate and I will play well and I will enjoy myself. As yeah. soon as I start talking and trying to get at the level of other people, it's it ruins my experience every time. And my brother's the same way. If he's listening to this, we, we will play games and get so upset because we'll start talking trash with the other team. Yeah. And it's just not worth it, man. I think yeah. there's some people who like that kind of stuff. It's just not me. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I get pissed off, too, when people trash talk me because I don't, I don't trash talk other people. Like, when I'm winning... I don't like go out of my way to rub it in your face. I'm just not that type of cat, bro. Like I'm really not unless now if you was talking beforehand, that might that's different. You feel yeah. me? Because now I got a vendetta. But if I don't really know, if we ain't got no beef, like if I'm beating you, bro, I'll literally be giving you little tips and stuff. Like we just playing a damn game. Like I'm I don't really take it, I don't take it like that serious on that level. But if you're gonna trash talk me and I feel like yo, I was being nice and now you're gonna kinda take my kindness for weakness. Then that's when that's when things are elevated. But to get back to to what we was talking about, so do you think? Yeah. I guess you do think because you kind of already said this. So it feel like that Twitter culture, it kind of what drives like mainstream sports media. I yes, yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think that sports talk media and sports debate shows have gotten louder and more ridiculous as time's gone on. The hot take has always been a thing, right? Yeah. The, ooh, hot, spicy takes. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But I think now it's not just hot takes. It is, it's ridiculous takes that will just get the click because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It'll be like, I, I can't even think of, it's like Baker Mayfield is Johnny Manziel, exactly like him. And it's like, people will still say that. And it's like the most ridiculous take. It's not even close to true. Yeah. Um, or anything. I mean, it's just like I was watching shows today and just like how loud they are. They are like yelling and it's like they're just starting the like they're starting at that energy, which is first of all, it's fake. It's just ridiculous. But they're like 
the Cowboys are a joke. But they're like yelling it like, I am so sick of this team. They're not even a fan of the Cowboys. They're just like, I am so sick of this team. They cannot like, but it's like this fake loud energy that for some reason, I think like, especially Twitter people and like, maybe it's kids, but they just like, they see yelling and they're like, oh, this is, this, yeah. I, I like to think it's just kids. I know. We like to think that it's not, it's not just kids. But, yeah, it's just, like, people like loud and annoying because that's, like, how it is in the parking lot before a game when everyone's drunk. They just want to see people acting ridiculous, yeah. like you said. And, yeah, I just – I think at one point in time when it's, like – like, I really liked morning sports talk radio because it would be, like – like, Colin Cowher's energy I really like because he's not overly loud. He's not overly obnoxious. He has some crazy takes, but it's like his energy and how he talks, his uh, his flow and everything is just smooth, easy you know, to listen agree to. With me on, we we agree on all of this, because <laughs> my least favorite sports analyst is Skip Bayless. My favorite sports analyst is Colin Cowherd, and I disagree with probably about I don't want to say fifty percent, but a good bit of what Cowherd says. The thing is. Like you say, his energy is its like there's a logical reason, usually. Sometimes he just have like crazy out there takes. It happens, right? Yeah. But generally speaking, his the logic that the steps that he follows to get to his conclusion, I can follow. I'm like, okay, I see how he got to where he is. And I can follow that same logic. I just came to a different conclusion. When I watch Skip Bayless... There's no, there is no logic. Like it's, yeah, it's a hundred percent emotion. It's him just screaming random stuff. Pretty much the same seven stats that he's memorized. He's been yeah. screaming those things for ten years, and he just keeps saying the same thing over and over. He never have an original thought. Like I literally, the only show I watch is Cowherd's show. I watch yeah. Cowherd's show mostly because I do disagree with a lot of his takes, but because he gives me his reasoning. It's like, I feel like, um, it's like, I'm not a person that need to be in an echo chamber. You feel me? Like, I don't mind a person disagreeing with me. I just need to know why. Like, I like real debates. And I feel like most of, like, the American public has never really been exposed to what a real debate is. Like, even our political debates are really parking lot arguments. They're not... You know, like a debate is is an intellectual discussion yeah. about where, where we disagree. You know yeah. what I'm saying? An argument is like, you know, look, I'm pissed. You pissed. Let's just scream insults at each other. You know what I'm saying? Who can scream yeah. the loudest? You feel me? Like, that's an argument. And I'm not into arguments. You feel me? I'm into debates. But I don't know if, like, do you think that people haven't been exposed to a real debate or people just have been exposed but aren't interested in a real debate i think i think that the lowest common denominator of of people and we're going to use sports fans as this example grow up in a way where they don't even understand the idea of a debate maybe they never learned how to properly communicate and maybe that's the school system or their parents or whoever that is yeah but they never learned how to properly have those kind of discussions And so when you never learn that, you just kind of go back to what you know, which is everything I say is right. Everything you say is wrong. Now, when we talk about something, we'll just both get louder and louder until whatever happens. So sports debate shows appeals to those kind of people by going, we have a good guy and we'll have a bad guy that has the stupid take that everyone will make fun of. 
Yeah. So like Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless, any of those guys yeah. where they say something that's just outlandish and then you have people call them out and it's one of those like, oh, they got them. And it's like they got them on like calling them out on a stupid point. That didn't prove anything. That's yeah. like saying like LeBron's not great. And then someone says like, oh, you're wrong. And then everyone's like, yeah, he's wrong. It's like, well, why is he wrong? No one talks about that. No yeah. one actually gets in into that stuff. It's just the, oh, gotcha moments. It's the memes. It's all that stuff. It's yeah. not re- it's, it's surface level. It's scratching the, the tip of the iceberg. And no one, no one wants more than that. And I, I don't understand. I don't know if that's a just show's problem or just the mass of the audience's problem. Because the, I feel, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's the audience. And, and the reason I say that is because, again, it's you see it in every level like you see it in our political debates right like why would our political if people didn't want that why would our political debates be screaming matches like you know what i'm saying have you ever seen like jordan peterson have a debate yeah it's not scream it's it's two people and like not when he like smashing some idiot who has no clue i know people like to watch those too but, like, say if he having a discussion with, uh, I don't know, with Joe Rogan, and they disagree on something, right? Like, they both concede, like, they listen to the other person's points, and they concede, you know what? 90% of what you said I agree with, right? Here's what I disagree with. Then they lay it out. Then they, they have a discussion. They go back and forth. They, they find common ground, and then we move on. So it's productive. Both, both sides learn something. They maybe gain a unique perspective that they didn't have before, and we're all better for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Versus it's like every time I turn on sports sports media, it's like The Rock and Stone Cold. You know what I'm saying? Screaming yeah. at each other about to drop a damn smackdown on somebody yeah. versus like us actually moving forward in any direction. And they've been screaming about the same stuff for like 10-plus years. And it's like how long do it take – before people like, yo, they still arguing about this. Yeah. And it's going nowhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm out. You feel me? That's why, like, the debate shows, bro, I'm not into them. If it's, and it's even worse. Like, to me, the more people, the worse. Because the more people it is, the less time you actually have. And the less time you have, the more your take got to be flaming hot yes. to get any traction. Because you got, like, 30 seconds to talk before you get cut off. So you got to yeah. throw out that hot take quick. There's no time for it to breathe. Like, if you watch Kyle Harris' show, you know, in a first segment, it's just him getting his thoughts off. Whether you think they cap BS or not, like, you can get the full picture of what he's trying to say at the very least, and you can understand it. You know what I'm saying? Then he'll bring somebody on, like Nick Wright, to challenge what he said. And, you know, a lot of times he'll get body slammed in those uh, in those exchanges. So if you bring yeah. uh, Joel Klatt on and talk about college football – you know, and I'm and I'm cool with that. Like I got respect for Kyle Harry because I know he knows when yeah. Clack comes on, he's getting by he getting choke slam. He know that. Right? He know he can't beat this man in a college football. <laughs> I debate. love your wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I started your there, references. so I'm just on it. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. But he, he know he can't beat him, but he's cool with, with him coming on the show damn near every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? He come on there, he do his thing, and then we get another perspective as the audience. Like, I can appreciate that. I feel like that's good content. Whereas the majority of the show is the same two dudes every day arguing about the same two topics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And nobody ever changes their opinion about anything. Yeah. 
One of the last things I want to say about this, and it's kind of just an over opinion about people, especially sports fans, is I don't think people express enough humility and enough, in this term, sportsmanship and respect for their opponent or for other people. Mm. I think those two things are so severely lacking in people's personalities that it's scary that people even can talk to each other. Like you play a video game, a competitive game, and the amount of horrible energy that people expend towards each other is just sad. And then sports fans, like how much people want to bring each other down and say how bad your team sucks or how horrible this and that is. And, you know, even bringing your own team down, like I do it too. It's like the energy that we use. We're like, so many people are such poor sports. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Like you you said, politically, it's like whoever loses people are like losing their minds in the most absurd ways. Your sports team loses and you're like looking for people to scream at. It's like, it's like going to the restaurant and like you get food that you don't like and people like lose their mind instead of just being like, I didn't like this that much. I just won't go back. You know, there's no humility. There's no respect for other people. And those are skills that like I've been trying to work on because I've, I've had issues with those in the past and yeah, I just, I don't know how to help people understand that those two things alone, respect for others and humility of yourself is like, it's like everything, man. Um, I I feel you. I think the only thing you can do is try to live up to that, like that idea. And I'm, I say this all the time. Like I'm so trash. Like I fall victim to every single thing we talk about. Not the restaurant thing. I ain't never had that problem. But like a lot of this stuff, like on my team losing, like I get, you know, I get very angry, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get emotional behind that. The thing is, I could put it in perspective, and I could sit back and say, yo, you tripping. Calm down, bro. You know what I'm saying? Let's be logical about this. Like, we, we all have those moments, but it's like every person, like, in a leadership position, it seems like, is, like, they don't display any of those traits, so you have to go and find it for yourself. And most people don't know where to look or they don't even know that they need to look because when they look at the top, this is how people are acting. And then so they figure, yeah, okay, cool. They act just like me. Great. And then yeah. it's just like a cycle. Everybody just keep doing the same thing, the same thing. Like you said, no respect, no humility, no, like, no nothing. Like they don't think about how this could affect another person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the last thing I'll say on that topic is, I feel like um, another issue when it comes to mainstream sports media is an issue that we face, that journalists face, news channels face. It's what constitutes good work? Is it views and clicks? Obviously, not entirely. But the people on the top who are like probably not creating the content, but they're financing the content, they don't care. They just want the views and the clicks. So it's gone so left that people are willing to say and do damn near anything to get the click or to get the view or to get the eyeballs or to get the attention. They'll throw any ridiculous take out there, any irresponsible take like Skip Bayless's take on Dak. Anything like with the, uh, you know, with the depression and anxiety, all of that stuff. 
Uh, they, they'll say they'll stoop to damn near any level to try to get eyeballs on that content. Yeah. And it's something that, like I say, as YouTubers, we fight all the time, and it's not easy. So I'm not sitting here like it's no, you may wave a magic wand and just solve this because it's a balance, right? Because it's like on one point, and for me, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like this. I want views, of course, of course, I want views, right? This is how I support my family. And my channel is something I'm proud of. I wanted to do well. I want the most people to see it as possible. But I'm not going to compromise my morals to chase views. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm not, if this topic I feel like is like some lowbrow, you know, some dude, baby mama, it's like, or it's like somebody passed. Like I'm not, I'm not making videos on stuff like that. With, and just drop everything and not care about like how these people families are dealing with this in real life for me to try to advance myself like that's yeah. I could look at myself in the mirror if I did it you know so I'm constantly trying to balance that and I feel like the sports debate shows um, and just our, our newspapers all of that stuff have completely thrown that to the wind they've thrown moderation to the wind all right I think uh Epicurus uh Roman philosopher he said something like uh I think he said moderation is the key to like an abundance of joy something like that you know what i'm saying you can't enjoy all of life's abundances unless you practice moderation meaning you gotta find balance if you all the way over here chasing views at whatever cost you're not gonna be happy bro and if you if you way over here and not learning how to make good thumbnails and make good things to like promote your stuff you're still not going to be happy you got to find that balance in the middle where you're making good content you could be proud of that's like putting good energy out there in the world and still good enough to at least get enough views to where you're going to be able to support yourself and continue to grow but it's just finding that balance and you got to always recalibrate yourself you know what i'm saying like you got to be constantly checking this it's difficult it's yeah. a difficult thing to do because sometimes you're gonna find yourself too far over here you gotta say ah let me get right Sometimes you're going to find yourself with two, ah, you feel me? You got to try to stay in that middle. And it's hard. And it ain't sexy. And so people don't want to hear that, but that's just what it is. It's a constant recalibration to find that balance. You know what I'm saying? And the sports media show, they all the way over here right now. They they desperately need to recalibrate themselves and get some goddamn integrity with what they putting out. You feel me? That's how I feel. That was, perfectly, that was perfectly put, man, honestly. That's my rant for today. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> I think the only thing I can add to that, because I really like what you said about moderation. That's yeah. one of the things that my dad always talked to me and my siblings about and stuff. And on the flip side of that, like take away from the business, it's just like behavior patterns that you portray. Like if you're watching, just using sports as the example. Yeah. Like when I was watching sports debate shows often waiting to see, like type in Browns and like wait for them to someone to say something good about them. And I'm doing that for hours a day. And it's like, why am I, do, why am I doing that? And I like actually analyze why I'm doing these behaviors, why I want to hear people say good things about whatever it is. And so I think, I think I learned over time that it's like when I was caring so much about what other people had to say, yeah, I wasn't developing anything on my own. So, I wasn't developing any sort of opinions. I would just wait for the talking heads to say something positive, which looking back is so silly because they don't even know anything. They just look at box charts, you know, the box score and see the stats and go like, yeah, it looks like Baker Mayfield's improving. His completion percentage is crazy. It's like they didn't even watch the game. Yeah. yeah. 
And so, sure. yeah, that's all I have to add to that. All right, we'll, we'll leave that right there, you know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll pick back up on that topic at some in a show down the road somewhere. But right yeah. now, bro, I want to talk about this because I'm, I'm happy as hell for y'all, bro, and y'all look damn good. What's up with them Browns, bro? Like, y'all just took it to, to America's team, bro. How you feeling about that? Dude, I mean, honestly, I was ecstatic for all of yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. the I was like, when it was 41 to 14, I kept, like, every time it would go to commercial break and it would show the score, I'd be going to my girlfriend like, do you see this? Do you <laughs> see the score? This has never happened. Yeah. It's the Cowboys. Right. This doesn't happen. Right. And so, you know, I was freaking out about it. It was so exciting. And then obviously the fourth quarter happened. And I think it's a good thing that the Cowboys almost came back and won. <laughs> because wow. I think that keeps, I think if you go into a locker room and you just blew out America's team, a team you haven't beaten 20 plus years, yep. 25 years before I was born. It's crazy. Damn. But I yeah, so you hear all these good things. You go in the locker room and it's like you're feeling good. You can get you like it's what happened to the Browns last year. They played the Ravens. The Ravens were the, the talk of the town mm. and they blew them out. Yeah. They shut down Lamar Jackson. They got their asses kicked for weeks <laughs> after that. It was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. So, you know, I think. I think when they saw what what just happened to them in the fourth quarter, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What just happened? What was that? And so emotionally, I think it's a good thing because then it's like tighten the screws. Let's get ready for this next game. Like anything can happen even if we're up by four, four scores. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? But to talk about the game, man, I mean, everyone's going to be bashing the Cowboys, and rightfully so. I thought that their defense was one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Um but the Browns have figured it out. They've figured it out a formula. Yeah. I'm not going to say that how far, I don't know how far it's going to take them yet, but they have figured something out that that's identity. special. Yeah. That identity, man. It is three games in a row when their back was against the wall and it was put up or shut up. Like I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because this Real has tough. never happened in three games in a row where it was like crunch time, make a play. It's a third and long, Baker, make a pass. We got to do something. And it, and it happened. Three yeah. games in a row. And yeah. it's like, whew, I watched one in 31. I watched Deshaun Kaiser throw interceptions in overtime. I watched Josh <laughs> McCown do helicopter touchdown or and get stripped. I watched all this bullshit for to see this materializing right now. And it yeah. feels so damn good. Yeah. Because this hasn't happened. Uh, like the, some of the stats, man, putting up 49 or yeah, 49 points in a game. Three straight games of 30-plus points for the first time since the 60s. Damn. That's 60s. crazy, bro. So, man, just I'm living it up a little bit. I think the first two games, it was the Bengals, who are obviously, like, you guys are struggling a little bit. Yeah. And then Washington, like, they're yeah. struggling too. So it's like this was the game where I was like, all right, let's see what we are. Real tough. And it, they proved it, man. They yeah. proved that, there's, that they got something going. Yeah. So I'm excited. I don't really need to say anything else right now. That's I'll say this, man. Like I'm happy for like all the real Browns fans. You know what I'm saying? Like yourself, like uh, my boy Q um, on YouTube. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and all the real Brown friends out there, bro. Like I'm happy for y'all, bro, because I saw y'all riding. 
You know what I'm saying? I saw y'all riding when the Browns was terrible. It was a laughing stock. They was getting killed. Like everybody, everybody was dropping Browns punchlines. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's favorite. Yeah. And so now for y'all to be, you know, in a good position, y'all to won three straight games. Like you said, y'all dropped 30 points in three straight games for the first time since the 60s. Like to see all of that kind of come to fruition for y'all, bro, like all the real – not the bandwagon cats, you feel me? Yeah. Like, y'all, I, don't, I ain't got no, no love for y'all. But <laughs> <laughs> but all the real Brown fan, bro, like, I'm happy for y'all, bro, because y'all deserve it. Y'all stuck with y'all team, and that ain't an easy thing to do. Y'all saw some dark days. Like, y'all was in the dark ages for a while. So to be coming out of that now, like, y'all, y'all deserve it, bro. Like, be happy, you know what I'm saying? Y'all just came off a, a huge win. Obviously, early in the season, we only four games in. But to this point in the season, y'all have played great. Y'all bounced back from that, that ugly Ravens loss. And <clears throat> honestly, the way y'all been playing and the way the Ravens been playing, y'all next matchup, we don't know what that's going to look like. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know what that's going to look like. Like, that, yeah. could go, that could go a completely different way than that first game of the season. So, y'all, y'all putting everything together. Y'all got a nice little scheme. Uh, Chubb did just get hurt. I don't know what the news is on that. I haven't uh, seen I saw it. it. I saw it this morning. Do you want to know or no? How bad is it? Uh, potentially six weeks. <sighs> that's that's bad, man. That it's not sucks. good. It's not good. It's not good. Um, I don't know what y'all next. Oh, we can never have a win. We can never yeah. just have it. Yeah, I should have said. Oh that. my I feel gosh! Bad, no, no, that's not you. I mean, it's the situation. Yeah. Um, did you when you said Q were you shouting out Quincy? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah, Quincy Carrier, Quincy. anyone yep. who watches him, that's the guy to go to for Browns analysts. Like I don't even want to try to break down the game cuz he's got it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want someone who talks Browns post game weekly uh, updates, yeah, check him out. Yeah. Quincy sure. Carrier. Yeah, I rock with the dude, man. Cool cool as hell. Cool as hell, super knowledgeable, you know what I'm saying? And diehard Browns fan. Yep. So So yeah, man, like Chad going to be out for a minute. Um, I don't know what y'all next few games look like. Y'all put him, y'all put him on IR, but you can bring Cass back after like three weeks this year. So you know, IR don't really Wait, mean really? what it's always meant. Yeah, because of the COVID thing. Like if you could, you can put somebody on IR and have them back in three weeks now. Mm. So that's why you're seeing more players go on IR. And while Michael Thomas completely messed over the Saints by not going on IR when they was trying to put him on IR, like, bro, yeah. you have a high ankle sprain, you're going to be out at least three weeks, if not four, five, or six. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. So what? So that's why I say it's like, yeah. it's not good news, but it's not like the worst news ever. And that, who who the hell is that other back y'all had? The dude with the locks. That was is it, behind, are you talking about Hunt? Not Hunt, the dude behind Hunt. Dearness Johnson, man. Poor man is Kamara. Bro. <laughs> he looked he look good, bro. Like no, he was I didn't see it, the man. whole game. I saw like I, like I said I had it on in a small box on this big, this huge screen. You've seen this ridiculous screen I got. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 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 bigger <laughs> than the frame of this game. It's so wide. But I had it up like over there while my game was on. So commercials, stuff like that, change of possessions. I'm looking over to see what's happening, and I was like, Yo, who the hell is that dude? That dude looked good, man. Hey, I know you know the why? Defense ain't great, and y'all line is really good. But yo, he looked good. Oh my gosh. Oh, you know why? Why? They got the best coach in the world. Stump Mitchell. You ever heard of him? <laughs> he coaches the running backs. And you know what? And I didn't say this in the last one. I've always said this before. I didn't say it when I was talking about it, when I told that story the last time. I've always said this. 
my experience with Stump Mitchell ain't got nothing to do with his overall coaching ability as far as, you know, getting an NFL running back. Like, as a running back's coach, he clearly is pretty good because I've seen him coaching for, like, 10 different teams, right? Yeah. He's constantly with a job. He was just bad as a head coach, and I don't think he wanted to be the coach at my school, like, honestly, and I don't think he would ever was bought in, and he was just kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really think that's what it is. He kind of just phoned it in. So my yeah. experience with him is terrible, but I'm not so emotional to where I will discredit somebody else's yeah. other works if they are clearly, like, the evidence is there. Cats look good, man. You know what I'm saying? It's just funny. It's just of all things, your college coach is my team's <laughs> running backs coach. Like what? Like what are <laughs> the odds? So random. The odds. And my experience with him is terrible. You know what I'm yes. saying? I got no yeah. love for the dude, but I do have respect for him as a running back coach. See, you're a good guy. You always give people the positive light. Man, I just try to be honest. That, that's really what I try to do. I try my best to just be honest about every. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't gotta like a person just because I don't like somebody. Don't mean they're not good at their job. Like yeah. I think. People that can't separate the two actually annoy the hell out of me, to be honest. Like, you got you to gotta separate it. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, I think it's a good time to turn it over. You got hey, a hey, sick-looking hey, jersey hey, on. Hey, hey, Dude, that you know orange is saying? popping. You know what I'm saying? Hello. If I can not mess up my whole setup right there. The burrow. You probably can't see Oh, man. Right that jersey's nice, dude. You feel me? I got the, the Joe Burrow. The orange. You feel me? I got the black one. We got the white one. The got, locks look, with it, too. Looks you good. feel me? It got blends. The, the, the locks sitting right. You know what I'm saying? I, nobody said that, bro. Like, nobody even caught that. I was like, yo, this is kind of subtle. Yeah, it's But this, no, this it's is dope. Bengals colors. People don't know that. This, this is Bengals. This Bengals right here, bro. I, I'm, I'm true to this. But, um, dope, man. yeah, man. I love it. Thank you, bro. We got our, we got our first win yesterday. And uh, for Big people... Win. I guess I got to address this first. I don't want to hear nothing. Yo, it's the Jags. Bruh, do y'all realize the Jaguars coming into that game had more wins than we did? We had none. They had one out, out of what, three games? Yeah. Yeah. One in three games. So they were a better team than we were. So this is a damn near upset. You feel me? <laughs> but, uh, man, I, was, I thought my team played – we, we was having a hard time shaking just that, that bad energy. And I think I've been guilty of that. Like, sometimes I put that bad energy out there because I'm always like, oh, something's going to go wrong. And I'm only like that with the Bengals because I've seen it so much. Um, and I've, I've, I feel like I've inherited some of that. And I got to get that off me, bro. I got to – because that ain't me. I ain't even built like that. And um, we shook back in the second half, and things started to go our way, man. Because, like I said, in the first half, we had a touchdown, called back for holding. And then we had to kick a field goal. And then we had one where Joe Burrow throws it to the tight end, goes through his hands, bounces off his helmet, lands up in his arms. But the linebacker, uh, Miles Jack, managed to take it away before they hit the ground. Freak play. Yeah. Unbelievable play. It was like on the one, by the way. <laughs> like when this happened, you know what I'm saying? So to come back from that and then, because we had a lot go wrong in that game, but we were just, we were a better team. And it felt so good to see that. Like, we are better than someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, seeing us on the field, like, yo, even though everything didn't go our way, we made a lot of mistakes in the first half, it was, it was evident that we were a lot better than these cats because regardless of all of that, we still ended up winning 
relatively comfortably. You know what I'm saying? So I was proud of my guys. We played well. Um, the protection. The protection is the biggest. That was the biggest thing. Uh, we didn't have Miles Garrett. We didn't have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming off the edge. We finally played a regular-ass team, and no sacks. We win. So, you know, there it was, man. Feel hella good. We won two games all of last year. So we've got half the wins we had last year already, and that feels amazing. Plus, um, I think I said it on this show, I was like, yo, if we lose – to the Eagles and to the Jaguars, we could go 0-16. And we could, like, easily we could have because them the worst two teams was going to play. And yeah. next, you know who we play next week? The Ravens. Oh. Then we got, then we got, like, the Colts. Then we got y'all. Then we got the Steelers. Then we got, like, we got That's the next brutal, five man. or six weeks are tough. And, like, they're, we're going to be the un- heavy underdogs in every last one of those games. So we needed this win. So it was a big one. Um, and just the morale for my players, bro, because I think about what they go through. Like, every damn day they go to work. They I know they work their ass off. They put everything in. They watch film. They go to practice. They spend all these hours. And then they get out there on the field, and things don't really go their way. And I got to be better at this myself. I got to put out good energy for these cats because – they, they, they putting in the work, bro, and it don't always go their way. But I can't be on Twitter having a damn meltdown. Not that they give a damn what I say, but just, <laughs> yeah. just putting it. I'm just saying, just putting it out there, yeah. though. Like in the universe, like just put some love out there. Like maybe when they do look up their name one day when they go. And like I know they look at that stuff. They definitely look at it. Trust yeah. me, I know. I had a player hit me right after the game. Matter of fact, you know what I'm saying. But um. <clears throat> So, you know, just putting better better energy out there, man. But it's a good day for Bengals fans, man. Enjoy. We got our first dub, and I'm happy about it. Bro, you know? I'm, I'm happy for you. And this is what I love about football. It doesn't matter what state of, like, the, you know, where your team's at and where they're moving along in the journey. It doesn't matter if they're a Super Bowl contender, what their playoff, like, potential looks like. Yeah. A week, like, a week, on a weekly basis – a win is a win, and you can enjoy it. <laughs> you get for a whole week. week. You get it's a whole beautiful. week to it's enjoy beautiful, it. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. So that's so dope. good. So damn good. We'll see what happens with these, the Steelers. I mean, this Ravens game. I have no idea what to expect. Oh, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> yeah, game for sure. For sure, it's a really tough game for sure. Um, I don't even know what to ask you. I didn't. I didn't get to watch the game, so obviously it's. A, I'll like, say, we play at I'll the same time. So. I'll say this. The the Ravens and again, I think they had a down week. I thought they'd play better against Washington, and they won by like two touchdowns. A down week, right? You know, <laughs> but I just expected them to destroy Washington, and the reason is because Chase Young wasn't playing. Okay, and Haskins is having some problems. I saw yeah. how he played against the Browns and I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I didn't get I didn't watch their game either. So I don't know all the ins and outs of everything that happened. But um I have a friend who's a Ravens fan and he was he was disappointed in how they played. Put it like that. And I will say that I mean I don't expect us to win. But I think we're a better team than Washington without Chase Young. With Chase Young, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because I know we got a better quarterback. You yeah. feel me? Like, by far, we have a way better quarterback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I think um, that kind of gives us 
that that helps us out. Maybe we get a couple guys back from injury, but you know, you never know. One thing I will say, I feel like we we've been using AJ Green the wrong way, and I don't blame the coaches for that because when he left, he was an X receiver. I I don't know if he can be a productive X anymore unless he's still got like some nagging injuries that we don't know about and that's possible but um I, I can't really blame it on rust anymore it's been four weeks now it's been you know four whole games and so i think he could still be a good a really good um productive player but the way we're asking him to win i just don't know if that's uh if that's something that he could do consistently anymore we're asking him to just go up against the number one corner and just win by being aj green like, we're not scheming him at all. Look, we're going four and five wide. I feel like instead of always having him in X, let's get him in some of these slot spots, kind of get him going, kind of like how Larry Fitzgerald's career progressed, where he yeah. started to get in the slot and, you know what I'm saying, go up against some linebackers and some safeties and stuff like that. I feel like we should we should probably do that with AJ because we get nothing from AJ right now, and uh, I know he have more than nothing to yeah. offer us. You know what I'm saying? So I know he, he doing everything he can do to – to shake back, and I know he disappointed probably in the way he's performed. He's happy we won, but he haven't performed well, and I know he expect more out of himself. But I just feel like the coaches need to help him out a little bit and stop just asking him to go out there and just be A.J. Green of old, right? Yeah. Like he's been in the league for a long time, and, you know, he's coming off injuries, and he just, he's not the same player he was. But I think he can still be an effective player. You know what I'm saying? We just got to – we we gotta we gotta use them we gotta utilize them in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't watch a lot of LSU games with Burrow other than like some of the big ones, like the very end. Yeah. But who was who was he throwing to? Like big receiver? Like was did he have like a number one target that he he, he attacked had Jamar with? Chase, who's still there. He's a shorter guy, but super explosive, a beast. He's gonna be the number one receiver next in, in this draft probably. And uh, yeah, Je- Justin Jefferson, who is come on, he's playing for uh, Minnesota right now. Last two weeks, over a hundred yards receiving um, as a rookie, Be- like beast. Four yeah. three six two, beast. Dogs. Yeah, yeah. If there oh. was one, Sorry. go ahead. I guess I just got to give love to some of my players real quick. My bad. Go ahead, Joe Mixon. Oh my God, this man went crazy. He had a great yeah, he game. Did. And I didn't think he was going to play, man, because he was in the hospital the night before. He had, like, a chest, some random chest injury that popped up. And he was, like, doubtful <laughs> until, like, an hour before the game. He played and went off. He finally had a good we, – we thought – like, I thought he'd have a good game against the Jazz because it's the worst defense we've played yet. And he was going to have a – and it's not him. It's the line it was going to be able to win a front to give him some room to do something. Yeah. And – um and that happened. He went crazy. TB, Tyler Boyd, um, he's been our number one receiver for the last two or three years now. Continues to be that, even though he was a slot guy. Continues to be that. He's been that go-to target for Joe Burrow. And our rookie T. Higgins is making strides, bro. Every week I'm seeing one or two plays from this dude. I'm like, yo, we got us one. You know what I'm saying? I still don't know if he's going to be like a high-tier one or like a, more of a high-tier two. Receiver, I'm not sure yet. I need to see a little bit more, but um, you know, I, I just wanted to show some love to to those cats because they balled out. You know what I'm saying? I now it makes me want to do the same thing. Have Damn. you, uh, dude? They're saying this is Cleveland talk right now, but they're saying what LeBron James did for the like the chase down block is what Miles Garrett's doing for the strip sack, dude. 
three games in a row. Yeah. Game-breaking strip sack. And yeah. his one yesterday, right. it was just like he destroyed the right tackle. And just like Dak, Dak had like a second before he got there. Damn. It was – but every week it's like you know it's coming. At yep. some point he's going to get around that edge and strip sack him. And it's so beautiful to watch because it's yep. – it feels like it'll happen every game. That's how good it feels right now. It might. He got a huge one against us, too. Well, we were trying to have some hope in that game when we stopped y'all on the one, and he got that, that big strip yeah. stack that put y'all right back on the one. You yeah. know what I said? Yeah, Dude, going in. Yeah. It's the big momentum shift of yesterday's game where it was like, oh, man, the Cowboys are going to just drive down every possession to all of a sudden the Browns score off that, and then another turnover score off that, and all of a sudden it was like a totally different game. Yeah. Than it was like three minutes before. Yeah, and Miles has done that. He's moment. He's a momentum. He's a game breaking player, and that's why he is worthy of the contract, the number one pick, and everything. So I'm just happy about that. But I got a lot of love for Miles Garrett too. Yeah, I'm glad to yeah. see him shake back after that uh, that incident last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that doesn't overshadow his legacy too much because honestly, Man. he's it shouldn't because yeah, no, it won't. I, I won't let it, goddammit. I'm not Steelers standing fans. for that. You feel me? <laughs> I ain't going to stand for it. You know what I'm saying? Man, even Steelers fans, bro, they know. They know that that dude they had back there at quarterback is a sucker, bro. Like, yeah. He just is, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? In the, yeah. the situation, Miles Garrett was wrong. I made a video about this. He was wrong for yeah. sure. He shouldn't have did that. But, you know what I'm saying? I can see how it escalated so quickly. Yeah. You know, the last player I want to talk about is a good way to wrap the media thing, too. Just bring okay. it back. Okay. OBJ. Did you see the highlights from the game? Yeah. yeah. I saw OBJ going crazy, bro. Going I mean, stupid. <laughs> I, I know he's like the co-owner of the Dallas Cowboys along with Jared Jones. I get that. But, dude, I think it's coming around. I think they are figuring out how to use this guy. They, are. they know where to find him. And I always felt like this day could come, but the impa- like how impatient we are as fans, you expect them to be clicking on all cylinders game one. And yeah. it's like, it was OBJ. It's the game-breaking receiver from New York. You expect him to be what he was right away. And he was injured all last year. Yeah. And, you know, Baker had his struggles last year and the offense was just... Dude, the offense is night and day different. It's like yeah. not even funny. Yeah. But... Just that that reverse he had at the end of the game, I I haven't lost my shit like that. Like I was like screaming because I was like that w- he should have got a tackled. Huge play. He should have got tackled like ten yards in the backfield. Yeah. Like uh, Alden Smith, who's been playing great, was yep. right there. He read it. He yep. pulled him back. OJ go. He OBJ goes fifteen yards back. Yeah. And wraps around and makes the most improbable play. His quickness off his cuts is. I forgot how good he was. I knew he was fast. I, dude, the problem was I got so caught up in <coughs> that he was going to be like the 15-yard dig route and, you know, a deep ball game, like, you know, to a game or something. But, dude, just seeing his speed in the open field was one of the most beautiful things on the fo- uh, that I saw in a football game in a while. And, you know, every time he, was, he got tackled, they would do like the slow motion, like where the camera would go on him. And he was like smiling the whole game. Like he was having a good time. But the thing is, he's been like that all season. 
he has been like that. He blocks downfield. He plays physical. He's a team guy. He always goes up to the guy who scores a touchdown. It's like, you know, he's a team guy. I truly believe that. But I think that we have started to believe that he wasn't because of how the media twisted his narrative. I think he made some mistakes in his younger years, and I think he's learned from that. But I think those got so exaggerated that we believed that he was this super selfish guy that was like all about me. He was a crybaby. And we see those zoomed in slow motion videos of him tearing up and stuff. And we all looked at that as weakness. When in reality, he was just a kid who couldn't, who was struggling with the spotlight. And then they absolutely ran with that. He comes to Cleveland and it's the big, it's like the worst year of his career. And everyone's saying he's lost it and he's got to leave. And this is a joke and all this stuff. And he comes back this year and it's been nothing but, I, 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 it's just it's just been amazing. I just love the story so far, like the the, the archetype of his career and yeah. where he's gotten to. It's you're right, bro. The story and is pretty damn amazing. You're right. I hope it continues, man. I hope they're able to keep this core of the running backs they got and the receivers they got. Because I know OBJ and Landry, like the quotes after the game about their touchdown, the reverse pass touchdown, just like how much they love playing with each other. I just I just love it. I'm really enjoying this team from like a person like a person to person standpoint. Just yeah. the dudes, man. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's man, all I gotta I was, say. I'm I was excited. pissed off because people was uh people even said like I knew OBJ was hurt last year. You could tell. Like yeah. if you ever have watched him play and then you watched him play last year, it was super obvious. So but like he was never on the injury report. So when they came out at the end, it was like I had to have surgery. I was like, boom. Cause I could see it. Like matter of fact, last year on that reverse where he just took to the crib yesterday, he would have went out of bounds. Yeah. And like I saw him going out of bounds and like not making one dude miss. And I was like, that's not OBJ. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, he's he's clearly not a hundred percent. Like because I, I saw not a lot, but probably about five or six plays last year that should have been game breaking plays, and he he wasn't able to like turn it over, or he wasn't he didn't have that same. That same, like, agility. Yeah. And I was like, yo, something is clearly wrong. So when people were saying that he was making an excuse trying to say he was hurt, I'm like, bro, I could tell these people don't watch football, bro. I could tell, bro. Like, because if they did, like, there was no way you could have looked at this man last year and really thought he was healthy. Like, it was very clear to me. It was, it was abundantly clear that something was not going right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Obviously, he was having some chemistry issues and all of that stuff was a factor, but he couldn't separate the same way. Like, he wasn't the same player last year because injuries happened. Yeah. And for all the people that are saying, yo, you completely fell off and all that, it just really never made any sense because he's too young for it. Yeah. Like, if he was getting older, then I could see that, but he's still in his physical prime, so none of that added up. None of it made sense. It clearly had to be an injury. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... It is, it, you're right. It's good to see him back. It's good to see him bounce back and have like a huge game. For, and then it's against the Cowboys at noon in the NFL. Thanks for that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That should have been a bigger game. Like, like that should have been really Sunday night. Primetime game. Yeah. At least give me that at, at three at um, 405 or whatever, 315. But um, yeah, man. You, you're right, though. Like, I mean, y'all got some game breakers. Like that's that's one thing I like about y'all team so much. Y'all figuring out how to use it. Y'all's like the core of your team, like that the super football stuff, meaning the offensive line, like the the bodies, like in, the interior of y'all team is so strong. Yeah. But 
then y'all also got Odell. Like so, y'all y'all run game is so cold. But when y'all go to y'all play action, like most teams like that, when they go to their play action, they might have some fast dude that's you know speed deep threat. Y'all got Odell Beckham. You feel me? So when you, when you hit that play action and you throw it up, you're throwing it to Odell in one-on-one coverage. Like, that's – I put my money on that every yeah. single day of the week. Then y'all was getting him involved with the reverses and finding more ways to get him the ball. So it was good shit, bro. It yeah. was real good shit. To keep it in moderation, like you said earlier, and kind yeah. of level the, the balance, I do believe the defense will hold this team back ultimately from being a great team this year. And I think that – I still don't know what Baker is when it comes to, like, they're losing by two scores. They need a play downfield. The defense knows they're not running. That's the stuff I'm worried about. Again, I'm not tripping because the Browns are 3-1. and one. Like, I can't believe that. Yeah. But that's just the stuff that, like, I'm looking towards in the future that's like, we don't – I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And so, yeah, that's my questions moving forward. My yeah. just – what they're made of. What else are they, What else are they made of already? I get that. <sighs> All right, man. Um, anything else you want to talk about? The I, I didn't watch many games, but I did watch this, the last part of the Sunday night game. And it's okay. just a quick thing. The The level of play difference between backups and starters, just specifically quarterbacks, is so interesting because the, the Niners had their backup starting the game, right? Because Jimmy G was out. Yep. But he got pulled because he threw the worst – pick six I have ever seen in my life. Did you see it? Uh-uh. I didn't see the pick six. I only Dude. saw like bits and pieces of that game. It's literally like he he looks to the left, and it's a little, like a five-yard out, and the DB's right there, or like the linebacker, and he underthrows it so bad that it goes straight into the DB's hands. Just like one of the worst throws you've ever seen. Easiest pick six of that guy's life. Damn. So he gets pulled. The backup comes in, and or the third string comes in and instantly marches him down the field and gets him a touchdown. They need a two-point conversion to make it a three-point game. He rolls out to the right. <laughs> he rolls out to the right, and it's the most – he has a walk-in touchdown if he just runs in, walk-in. But he does a no-look to George Kittle, no-look pass. And George Kittle, it gets, like, disrupted and dropped because there's, like, the DBs on him. So not only did he not take the, the walk-in touchdown, he went for like a highlight reel play where he no-look passes it to George Kittle. It doesn't work. Of course, Philadelphia punts it. They get one more chance. They get down in field goal range, but now they can't kick the field goal. They have to go for the end zone because they're down by five instead of three, and they don't get it. And so I'm just going like, man, the differences between like backups and starters and like these other guys, it's like knowing – just like game moments. Like it, any quarterback who has like ability to play in the NFL can make the throws, like a lot of the throws, 90% of the throws, the check downs, the reads, like the slant route, the dig route. But it comes down to like game, like breaking moments, like when you have to do something, when you have to make a play. And it's like, that's, I think that's really the huge separation of those guys. And yeah. I, I feel like it just displayed itself so well at the end of that game. I feel bad for Niners fans in the sense that's like you just saw that and you're like, it like if you were at quarterback, you would have like rolled out to the right and it would have been like you're two feet from the end zone. All you have to do is like just run in. Yeah. <laughs> but you I don't mean do it's that. like the ability to process information under pressure. 
Like that's that's I think what separated a lot of these cats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because like I feel like if he was obviously if he was watching that game, he'll call, he'll call that a hundred a hundred times out of a hundred. But him being in that situation, he got his mind made up. Yo, Kittle's my guy. He's probably gone to him because Kittle had a, a big game. I know. So he probably went to him a billion times before that. He's already predetermined. And I saw it on matter of fact, I saw the touchdown or one of the, I don't know how many he threw, but one of the touchdowns he threw to Kittle, it was so predetermined. Like people don't be seeing that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, all they see is, yo, he just threw a touchdown. He's great. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> that was his first read. It happened to be there to yeah. like the best tight end in the league. Yes, he's gonna throw a touchdown. But the second is not there. And he got to make a decision. That's when you really gonna see can he make the decision quick enough and then execute it through an accurate enough pass to get it there or run it in like you said. And yeah. of course he doesn't. He completely melts down. Goes with what he decided he was gonna do before he ever like when they <laughs> called the play. <laughs> he was throwing yeah. that thing to George Kittle no matter what, and that's what you saw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what he did. And boom, there's the L. You know what I'm saying? I saw that too many times with guys like Deshaun Kaiser, so I can't feel too bad. But I do feel bad. You see it all the time with bad quarterbacks. And like if if that bad quarterback has like a strong arm, people would think that quarterback is really good. And then you figure out over time, like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's he's bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think people can't really distinguish between like a guy who can't go between his reads. Sometimes the first read is just there. And if it's there, he's going to have a great day. If it's not there, he's going to have a bad day. Dude, everyone's so bad with just ball watching and from that like side camera that we all see that everyone doesn't no no one understands quarterbacks. Like yeah. we a lot of us really don't like we don't get it. We like we can see Patrick Mahomes obviously is very talented because he's doing crazy things. Yeah. And we can see Lamar Jackson making crazy plays and like Aaron Rodgers' arms incredible. Yeah. But other than seeing completions, <laughs> you know, and just like touchdowns, like most people have zero idea how good a quarterback is. If you, if you had to ask a guy to like determine what this quarterback was good at and bad at with no t- random talking heads, like most people would not be able to even say anything, really. Yeah. And what happens is if you call that quarterback out after a win or after a good game or a good play, people assume you are just hating on the guy and they don't – it's like – like judging a quarterback is hard as hell. First, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? It's very difficult. We've all, I'm sure, said some quarterback was going to be trash who was great, and some quarterback was going to be great who was trash. Like everybody's guilty of that. It's not easy, but it's like sometimes you can just tell. Like if you watch a guy enough, like I watched Andy Dalton enough to know, like yo, he's solid, bro. But like yeah. y'all, y'all overrate. Like you know, some Bengals fan overrate him. Because of, like, the good times that he did have. But they don't understand, like, all the limitations and all the things that he can't do are really holding us back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. anyway. I, 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 guess we'll, I guess we'll wrap up right here, man. Um, thank y'all. This has been episode five, right? Episode yeah. five of Sports Therapy. I hope y'all enjoyed it. This conversation just kind of flowed where it flowed. <laughs> and I hope y'all flow <laughs> with us, man. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure y'all subscribe. Like the podcast, if you're listening on Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place, you know what I'm saying? Leave us a rating. We definitely appreciate it. We're going to catch y'all next week, same time, Tuesdays. We'll catch y'all then. Peace. See ya.
Yes, sir.